Yes, hello everyone. Welcome, this is David Sedoni, the How to Buy a Home Guy, and this is the How to Buy a Home Podcast. Now this one's gonna be a little bit different than the podcast we've done so far. The reason for that is it's the middle of the night. Well, it's almost the early morning. It's a little after 4 a.m. here in Southern California, and I've been writing all day. This podcast will be a little special. See, I've got something that I really wanna get off my chest. It's gonna be a little different. Here's what we've got going on. As you know, I really do care about you, the first-time homebuyer. I want you to be armed with the best information. That's why this podcast is called How to Buy a Home. Like I said, this one's going to be a little bit different. Let me tell you why I wrote all day and why I'm still up and I felt the need to get something off my chest and talk into a microphone at four in the morning. Why I feel so passionate about making sure that you, the first-time buyer out there, that you hear the truth. It's time to pull back the curtain and reveal the biggest dirty little secret in real estate. First time home buyers, most realtors think that you suck. So how do we get here? Well, first we're gonna start with a little history lesson. Okay guys, sit back and relax, it's story time with David. Now pay attention because this is important for you. Understanding exactly how we got to where we are right now will ultimately help you determine how you can best navigate the current real estate market to help you with your ultimate goal That's buying a home. That's the name of the podcast, How to Buy a Home. And we're going to get you there, but there are some serious obstacles that you have to overcome as a first-time home buyer. And they were all set in place by the realtors who think that you suck. So today in 2019, the real estate industry is running scared, and frankly, it's their own damn fault. There's this newfangled device. You ever heard of it? It's called the Internet and it's ruining the way things have always been done in real estate. You see how ridiculous that sounds? The internet has been part of our daily lives for over 25 years, and yet here we are in 2019, and the real estate industry is shocked that buyers are turning to the internet for trusted information. They've always come to me because, you know, I'm the area expert, the king or queen of any town USA. Well, not anymore, your majesty. Okay, gang. Here's how it used to work. Homes for sale were printed in a big book that got updated daily, and it was dropped on the doorstep of the real estate offices every morning. Buyers would drive around the neighborhoods, and they'd look for signs, the big for sale signs, and then they'd call the phone number on them. Of course, they had to drive home or go to a pay phone, because this was a long time ago, gang. Or, and then if that didn't work, they would just go right to the real estate office, because they knew that those people got that special magic book. Now they'd ask to talk to an expert who had all the secret information. And, you know, it wasn't just always in the book. Sometimes they go really big and do a huge advertising push. And you might find that home advertised in the newspaper. Those of you who don't know what a newspaper is, it's like Twitter, except they printed it on paper. Now the brokers and realtors had all the information and that meant that they have all the power. And they knew that the buyers would come to them. So they were never worried about buyers. They knew you were coming. They only worried about finding sellers. And eventually the buyers would have to find them on their own. That's going to be the theme in today's podcast. This is for you to understand how the industry on the whole sees you. It's been based on that fact for a long time. To make it big as a realtor or heck, just to make it as a realtor at all, you needed to concentrate your whole business on getting listings. That's getting the homes to sell. Don't worry about the buyers. They'll come to us. 
Well, now here in California in 1998, a few years later, that big book of homes, well, all the homes for sale, they went onto the internet. That's the list of homes that we now know as the MLS, the Multiple Listing Service. That was the place where the new secret list of homes would be shared, but it was only for the realtors. We actually had special passwords and secret codes and a little fob that you had to press and it would give you a special digit that you have to punch in. And you were threatened with your license getting revoked if you dared to share this information with any of the lowly lay people, non-realtors out there. So sooner or later, some smarties in Silicon Valley, they said, hey, realtors and brokers, we can get a lot more people looking at your home that you have for sale if you share that secret book with us. You see, we specialize in code and computers and all that fancy technology stuff, and we can make a really slick website. We'd love to put your homes on there, and then you can tell all your sellers, look at the marvelous extra marketing that I'm going to do to help your home sell. We go the extra mile for you, and we use this new cool thing called the internet. Well, of course, you can imagine the realtors and the brokers love that idea. One of the things they didn't realize is this would soon eliminate the need for their big reputation that they built up as the keepers of this special secret list of homes. No longer did you need the area expert. You know, Jolly Joan and her perfect hair and that big giant brooch that she wore on her blouse. You know, sometimes Jolly Joan even used to tell the sellers that she was such an area expert that she could sell the home without it even having to go on the market. They used to do that, and actually they still do. They'll, they'll hold listings off the market. It's called a pocket listing. And I know what you're thinking. Why? That's what I think, too. Why? Well, there's a few reasons. There's greed, laziness. Sometimes the seller asks for it. But there's a whole myriad of different reasons. My thoughts today is that any realtor who has a listing and tries to sell a home without marketing it full blast on the internet, they're doing a great disservice to their sellers. I mean, think about that. How many potential buyers are going to miss it? If a realtor says to a seller, I have a buyer for your home, and they don't list it on the web, they're just cheating the seller. Tens of thousands of eyeballs on the internet want to see that home. 96% of buyers start online. You know, right now we're almost at 60% of buyers that actually search on their smartphone. Now, these buyers never get to see your home because your agent thinks that they have some special secret buyer that's just right for the neighborhood that they know so well, how much could they be costing the seller in all the competition that might have happened for that home? This type of thinking sounds like it's screwing the sellers, and I'll tell you, it is. But you know what? It's also screwing you buyers. We'll get to that soon, but let's get back to the story. So the times were changing, but you know, those dinosaur agents, they still held a meeting every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. at the local pizza place. That's where they pitched their homes for sale to other realtors. And you know what? It's just because that's the way they've always done it. And last time I checked in 2019, I still think they do. That's how they felt like they were serving their clients. They didn't understand the internet, so they didn't embrace the internet. And while they weren't paying attention a slow movement was beginning to grow beneath them. See, those smarties in Silicon Valley, they were much smarter than the big brokers, and they had a plan. They were building consumer trust in a super-friendly, well, a user-friendly site. And soon, more folks 
or going to these public sites than going to their local realtor to get all their real estate information. Right there on that site had all the real estate information they could ever want. And you know what? The realtors were thrilled because someone else was giving their listing, their home that they were trying to sell some free exposure. I mean, what a deal. They just sit back and watch the buyers pour in and it costs them nothing. Well, now these sites, these public sites, they were in the driver's seat. And then the real plan came out. Now that all the buyers were going to their site, you know, the Zillows, the Trulias, the Realtor.coms, the Redfins. Well, now that the buyers were going to that site, they were going to sell advertising space on their public site back to the out-of-touch realtors who still think that their poop doesn't smell because they're Sally or Sammy Bigwig, the town's top realtor. Yep, (laughs) not for long. When all this was happening, you'd think they would have started looking for ways to talk directly to the buyers themselves. And that's what we're trying to help you is figure out why aren't the folks talking directly to you? The public property sites are the main place that buyers go to look for home. And realtors, they've never advertised directly to the buyers because they've always had the power. They put up that secret home for sale and the buyers just came on in. They got a home, they got a listing, they advertised. That's how people knew about it. That's how buyers would come to them. Well, now the buyers are finding them on their own on, let's say, a site like Zillow. Yet the realtors still didn't adjust and spend any time researching on how to reach the buyers directly. They still think that the way to be a mega agent is to get people to hire them to sell their homes and the buyers will come to that listing. They'll call the number from the sign in the yard. And eventually they even got these fancy 800 phone numbers on the sign that had a recorded message for them. And then they bumped that up to a text message, text message me for more info. And they even tried those QR codes. You know what those things are? Those little boxes that you click it and all of a sudden you get all the information. But soon, (laughs) all that information that a buyer could ever want was right there in their laptop, sitting there in their PJs, before smartphones, on their computer. They could just find a home and say, hey, I'd like to see that house. I might want to buy it. So all the out-of-touch brokers who never thought this internet thing was going to catch on, well, now they're light years behind and they could never catch up to the millions of dollars that were being spent by these technology sites. The buyers were flocking to see these homes and the realtors and the brokers and the agents who always got to hold this precious information of the homes for sale in their secret special book at their office. Well, now they were begging to be seen on these sites. So does Zillow put the listing agent's picture next to the house? Here's the secret, folks. No, they do not put the picture and the phone number of the person selling that home. Nope. The old school relics that didn't see it coming, they don't have the power anymore. Zillow knows that. So Zillow charges other agents who want to attract those buyers to put their picture next to homes on their site. Some random agent, he just pays buco bucks. I'm talking sometimes up to as much as $50,000 a year to have their contact information and their picture right next to homes that are for sale in certain zip codes. Zillow even puts a fake contact number on there near the listing. So when the unsuspecting buyer calls it, thinking that they're calling the realtor or the agent that's selling the home, 
they're actually getting their call forwarded to the agent that paid for that fake number. And that agent who paid for that number on their caller ID, it shows them that it came from Zillow and which home it came from. And since all the information is out there for everyone to see, the realtor has that information, even though it's not their listing, and they answer the phone and act like they know everything about the place. Now, often since the prices are so steep to purchase this advertising space for these zip codes and these phone leads, it's usually a bigger team or one mega agent, someone who's doing really well, who buys the ad space. So for instance, Big Boffo Bob, the real estate king of any town USA, Big Boffo Bob takes the call, but here's the secret. If it's first time buyer, he passes that to the lowest ranking member on his team. That's where you rank, the bottom. Now you get the so-called buyer's agent. And don't get me wrong, look, there are some good ones out there, but a lot of times buyer's agent is real estate code for a guy or a gal with little experience and very few deals and very few clients. So guess what? They've got tons of free time and they're very enthusiastic and energetic and they're going to work all weekend long and show you dozens of homes because they've had their license for three months and back home, there's someone saying, when are you going to get a sale and make some money? And that buyer's agent is desperate. A lot of times, unfortunately, they're inexperienced, unqualified, untrained, and sometimes they're just clueless. So does the buyer know that this jacked up process is how they got the representation for the biggest financial transaction of their lives? No, no, they found it on the internet and they saw Bafo Bob. And, you know, maybe they even looked up Bob and saw that he had good stats, a good reputation. So when Bob's team said that they could show them the house that they were asking about, they assumed that they were getting big Bafo service from the town professional, not knowing that they got passed off to the rookie agent on the team who might not have a clue. You see, the big team leader doesn't want to be bothered driving buyers around. He thinks that you suck. He thinks you suck his time, his effort, and his energy. A lot of times he thinks that you're beneath him. He thinks that you aren't worth it. You're not a good return on the investment of his time and his energy. He thinks you're a waste. And since the rules have changed and the buyers are not always looking at homes that his team is selling, he's had to develop a new system, figure out a way to get buyers to come to him and then when he does, he passes them off to the trainee agents, just what every buyer wants to hear, right? The biggest financial transaction of your life, and you got passed to a trainee. Now, the other reason for that is, and part of the secret is, the big agents don't want the smaller money. Clients, they don't want the buyers. They want the seller who's going to sell a home and usually buy another one. Bam, that's a two for one. That is worth his precious time. And think about this, the second deal is usually a bigger house, which means that when they sell that first house, that's deal number one, and then they go buy the bigger house, that's even more expensive, so that's even more incentive. So given that it's not worth the lead that you purchased on Zillow, that's what they think about you, that you're the scraps. They give that one, the scraps, to the newbie who doesn't know the inventory, doesn't understand, doesn't comprehend the financial options of the mortgage, hasn't been through any negotiations, has no actual vested interest in you, the buyer, because they found you on the internet. You're 
a first-time buyer that just popped into their lead generation. You're just another number in their numbers game of all the marketing dollars that they spent. So that's the secret. So which came first, the chicken or the internet? (laughs) You know, the moral of the story is that the internet won and the industry has not adapted. And the buyers are getting bad service and no one seems to give a damn. Okay, I've got more dirty little secrets about things that you need to know as a buyer. But first, I have to do a quick disclaimer. Look, there are a lot of good agents out there. So from now on, when I say all, I mean most. Right? When I say nobody, I mean very few. Always is like most of the time and never is very few times. I'm just telling you what I see in my area in a high priced area. And it's also what I see on the internet. The industry doesn't preach or teach or do any training for buyers. It's all about going and getting sellers. Go on the internet, look at Google, look at YouTube, Facebook, heck, even look at Instagram. There's very little people talking to first-time buyers about the planning that you need to do to be able to buy your first home. To get you to stop renting as soon as you possibly can. Because eventually, if you're a person who wants to buy, the longer that you rent, the more money you're throwing away. There's very few people who want to help you in that part of the process, the early part of the process. They want to talk to you when you're close. And then they want to help you just cross that finish line. There's a few good people out there, but go ahead and take a look at YouTube. Take a look at Google. Look at first-time buyers. It's all lenders talking to you about how to get pre-approved. And like I said, the couple good people that are out there, they're talking about the very end. They're not talking to you at the beginning of the process. So whether it's just ingrained in the industry from the old business strategies or whether the realtors are just trying to survive since the internet basically kicked all their butts, many of them gave up on you, the first-time buyer. They gave up on trying to save you tens of thousands of dollars in rent. Maybe they are good people that were trained by their brokers and the brokers just didn't see the change coming. And maybe the brokers even thought they were doing the right thing. Heck, I've been in the business 13 years. And as of March 2019, I've got 76 purchases with first-time home buyers. And it wasn't until three weeks ago that I really saw the light. That's when I started this How to Buy a Home podcast. So fine. Me, right now, confession time. That's why I'm sitting here. Middle of the night. Here's my dirty little secret. Because I had helped so many first-time buyers in a large part of my career, I became the go-to guy to train all the rookie agents. The brokers would ask me to come and download everything I knew to that batch of wide-eyed agents in 90 minutes. There they were, fresh off their intense 40 whole hours of schooling. And I would train them on how to look like they were seasoned pros so they could go off and probably end up on another mega agent team and be their go-to first-time buyer agent for the team, the buyer specialist. Since anyone with any experience didn't want to be bothered with you wastes of time, you first-time buyers. See, I was part of the problem. I was enabling the broken system. I was hurting the industry, but more importantly, I was hurting you, the first-time buyers, (laughs) the, the ones that got stuck with the rookies that I trained. I told myself, hey, at least they're getting some understanding from me about the gravity and the importance of their job and the responsibility to these people. I tried to teach them, you guys got to take this seriously. This is a big deal. I thought that was better than nothing. Frankly, right now, no, I don't think so. (laughs) 
It's not better than nothing. So you know what I did three weeks ago? I quit. I quit and I started my one-man crusade. And there's going to be a lot of pissed off agents out there at me. A lot of angry brokers. I'm definitely not going to be invited to the annual realtor barbecue. That is for sure. But maybe by talking into your ear holes while you're on the treadmill or through your speakers, if you're in their car, or I don't know if you're in your kitchen doing your dishes, maybe you will know the truth. You'll know that somebody out there cares for you. And if you search hard enough, you can find them in other places too. Somebody cares that you're getting screwed by the industry that missed the boat. And don't worry, later on, I'm going to tell you how to find that other person in your area who cares about you. I've got a playbook for you. I'm going to teach you how to find a realtor who likes to and knows how to work with first-time buyers. But first, I've got some more dirty little secrets I got to get off my chest. All right, here's one. Not all realtors are clueless. I know that. Uh, some of them saw what was happening, and we as an industry could have developed a way to reach first-time home buyers better and earlier and help them stop renting earlier, which would have saved them tons of money. But it was easier to knock on sellers' doors and see if they wanted to sell or call people who own their homes and then put up a sign and have an open house and wait for the buyers to come to you. And by the way, those buyers who showed up in an open house, a lot of them had on their own put themselves in that position to buy after probably renting for years longer than they needed to. So why did nobody talk to the renters losing twenty-five or fifty or $75,000 renting for an extra one, two, or three years after they could have purchased? Because many of the realtors, they just didn't care. They knew or maybe they were trained that eventually the buyers would come to you someday. So just go after the sellers and wait for the buyers to come to you. They're a steady stream as long as you just keep going out there and getting those listings. Well, now we can talk to you more directly thanks to that fancy new toy that's over 25 years old called the internet. All right, here's a juicy, dirty little secret for you. This one's really going to make some people mad at me. The realtors in my old office, they would go to these cult-like training sessions. I'm not kidding. They would every 45 minutes stand up and chant, I'm a great salesperson. I'm a great salesperson. I'm a great salesperson over and over again, jumping and cheering. It was Tony Robbins style. And I believe in affirmations. I believe in positive thinking. But if you're screaming, I'm a great salesperson, because all you're trying to do is sell, not help. That's because you're trying to pump yourself up because in a minute, you're going to have to do a bunch of crap that you can't stomach. They're going to try to get another seller. They're about to cold call a bunch of people who are trying to sell their homes without a realtor. Or they're going to call people who tried to sell a home with a realtor and it didn't sell. <laughs> so now they've got all these scripts they've practiced for days before the big pump up affirmation where they're all screaming and cheering and jumping up and down. And before they start those phone calls, why do they need these motivational seminar techniques? Because they've been taught that the listing, finding people to sell their home is better than finding someone and helping them figure out how to buy a home. Those buyers are a waste of time. They're a low return on your investment. So let's jump up and down and scream affirmations again before we make that call to that person that actively said, I do not want to work with a realtor. Really? <laughs> That's better than showing a buyer that you care about them? They'll practice these scripts because they know that they get someone to sell with them, that the market, not their marketing, is going to sell the home. So they're going to be comfortable, know that eventually that home will probably sell. 
What that means is if you've got decent photos and you just put in the minimum amount of effort, that the internet is going to sell most homes. Now, obviously, there are differences and, and realtors can do a lot to maximize the dollars that a seller gets for a home. But the market conditions are going to be the ultimate determining factor. And the realtors know that if a seller's really not budging and they're being really stubborn, that eventually with their home on the market for a long time and everybody coming in and out of their house, they're going to get worn down, beaten down, truthfully. And that's from the truth of the market. And they're going to accept fair market value for their home and often feel depressed and disappointed. So many times the realtor closes the deal, cashes the check with a disappointed client and moves on to the next client. I've done that a couple times, not very often, because I usually manage expectations better than that, or I won't take a client that I think is massively unrealistic. But I'll tell you what, it doesn't matter. I just can't do it anymore. I'd rather focus on educating, on nurturing, and working with a buyer from the beginning, caring for them and guiding them for years before they're ready to buy. No, I don't get paid until they close on the deal. So it might be three or four years, but now we trust each other. We can speak honestly and frankly, and therefore, there's very little disappointment from here on out moving forward. Doesn't that sound nice? (laughs) Also, this rings true to me because this is my own personal mistake. I lost a lot of money in my 20s when I was blissfully ignorant, uneducated, and underinformed. Nobody told me anything. So now it's time to spread the word. Because I got to tell you, I could have used all that extra cash I would have had if I hadn't thrown rent away for nine years. Okay, here's another dirty little secret. Don't be fooled. I'm glad that you're out there looking for education and that's great, but be careful with those first-time buyer seminars. Yeah, there are some good ones out there. There definitely are, but I can hear all the emails already, people mad at me. But listen, most of them are taught by the rookies because it's the only way for them to get any clients because they're brand new. All right, haters, go ahead. Tell me, I run a great first-time buyer seminar. Good for you. But if you run a great first-time buyer seminar, you're in the industry. That means you know that a lot of rookie agents are told, if you don't have any clients, go get a lender. He'll partner up with you. And you guys can both get a whole bunch of new clients because you're going to get a bunch of people that don't know anything about real estate. And they'll think that you are a seasoned veteran. Now, you still think that this can't be true, that there have to be more people out there that care about first-time home buyers. Like I said, I'm not saying there aren't. It's just not how the industry trains people. It's not the gold standard. Go look at Instagram. Look at the realtors that think they're influencers. There are more airbrushed Photoshop photos on Instagram, all of them trying to look all swank. None of them trying to give you any actual information to help you buy a home. They're fronting. They just want to be the million dollar guy looking to try to get another reality TV show. For them, all the information they're putting out, it's all about them. It's not about you, the buyer. So here I am. I'm just one small guy in my kitchen at four o'clock in the morning fighting against the big lie. Everyone's Facebook and Instagram life is showing them as a super boss bad. Well, I can tell you this. I'm a bad realtor, but I'd rather show you that I care about you and your financial well-being. I mean, is the goal of an agent to become the big celebrity luxury agent to the stars or is it to help as many people as you can? While you're out there on Twitter or 
Instagram. Check out hashtag first time buyer. I did it today. And one of the first things I saw was 10 pictures of mansions. No explanation, just pictures of mansions. Just whatever your first time buyer is thinking about, right? Or it's shots of homes that the realtors are selling, telling you that they think that home is going to be a perfect fit for you. You know, you, the guy, the gal that they've never met before. Where are the ads in the hashtag first time buyer showing you hundreds of homes or like the 10 best valued homes for sale in a certain market? Where are the ads saying, hey, which one of these homes do you think is right for you? The ad should say, buyers, there's a lot of great deals out there. Let me show you the best ones. The idea of selling to first-time home buyers is you're trying to not sell them your listing. Instead, you're trying to help them get ready for a time to buy. And then when they're ready, you want to show them the best options out there for them. But before that, we got to back up. We got to start talking about helping you guys with budget, with credit, with financing, with neighborhoods, heck, a million other things. And those are all going to be coming up on the podcast soon. But nope, these Instagram million dollar wannabes and fronters are putting up pictures of themselves saying, hey, guess what? I got a new listing and it's hashtag perfect home for you. Okay, let's go to another dirty little secret, the area expert. Now, this is an old school dinosaur idea. Let me ask you, did you pick your last apartment because of the cul-de-sac street that it was located on? Did you choose someplace that was no more than a quarter mile from everywhere that you had to be? Or did you choose your apartment because you just want a cool place that was close enough for you to drive or Uber to work and some fun places? I work with a lot of first-time buyers and around here, homes are pretty expensive. So we're talking $400,000 entry point for a condo. Now, most of the people are not thinking they're going to live there forever. So I've done about 60 transactions right now with people from Disneyland because I'm in Southern California. And all of them have said to me, hey, dude, go to Disneyland and go 10 miles in any direction. That's a pretty big circle. And nobody can be an area expert in all of those zones. Yet a lot of these older agents or a lot of the newer agents who are being trained by the older agents are still trying to market to the buyer saying, I'm the area expert. That's why you should use me. Okay, here's some scary stuff. Dirty little secret. Next one, there are sweatshops of people that sit with headphones on and make phone calls all day long trying to get people to sell their homes. It's like boiler rooms. If you don't know what that is, it's a really good movie, but I'm old and so it was probably a long time ago. But those folks sit there and they call and call and call and call. So there are people that are answering their phones or talking to people or even talking to people at open houses who they just assume are specialists, are professionals. But a lot of those times, that person is not even an agent. The straw that broke the camel's back for me was a couple days before I left my office when I'd already decided that I was going to leave that office and get out there and just start talking to you first-time home buyers. I talked to a guy who I thought was an agent because I'd seen him in the office for three years. And he told me, no, 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 no. I, I don't do contracts. I don't work with clients. Why? I don't like people. He actually said that to me. Yet... He holds open houses every weekend. And people walk into an open house. If you, as a first-time buyer, you should feel offended that you walk into an open house and that guy standing there telling you all about the house in the neighborhood has never actually written a contract or helped anybody buy a home. Okay, 
And speaking of open houses, another dirty little secret, open houses only sell less than 4% of the homes to the buyer who visits the open house. It's just there for the seller. It's a marketing piece for the agent and it makes the seller feel better. So when they're there and they're acting like this open house is the great way to sell the home, all they're really trying to do is attract buyers. And especially what they're trying to do is attract the other people in the neighborhood who might want to list their home with them. Okay, another dirty little secret. David, look, I really connected with my realtor. That's awesome. I'm glad you might feel great with them, but this is the biggest financial transaction of your life. If they've got a lot of time for you, maybe it's because they don't have any clients. Maybe they're desperate for a deal. So it's one of those things I've seen people do. Again, I can't help most of you out there. I'm one guy here in Southern California. Most of you, I'm not trying to say, come work with me. I'm saying, if you're comfortable with your person, make sure that they're a pro. Charisma and compatibility do not equal competence. And if you don't believe me, uh, let me tell you a little bit about all the training and legal requirements to be a realtor because they are stupid low. Google it right now. Google how many hours does it take to be a realtor in California? The answer is 180, but that's not even really right because the first three quarters of it are open book on the internet. So you can do the whole thing in about 40 hours. Take one test, bam, you're a licensed realtor. Now, while you're there Googling, Google beauty school training. Ready for this? 180, really 40 to be a realtor, get a license and be able to help people buy and sell homes. For nails, it's 750 hours. For a barber, it's 1,000 hours. And for a cosmetologist or an esthetician, it's 1,500 hours. I'm just going to let that sink in. Look, I'm not ragging on anybody for making a living. I'm certainly not ragging on those jobs. I am definitely saying that it is ridiculous ridiculously too easy for anyone to become a realtor. I heard someone say at a real estate seminar, they're trying to make all the newbies feel confident. Someone said, hey, look, somebody has to be someone's first heart surgeon patient. You know, that guy, someone was his first patient or someone was that lawyer's first case. Yeah, that's true, but... That lawyer and that doctor, they've probably assisted on hundreds or maybe dozens of other cases or surgeries before that. And the most important thing, they had years of school and interning and residencies and prep work. Realtors are asked to go it alone by themselves with the most ridiculously low bar of training and schooling ever. And they're licensed. All you got to do is pass one exam. You can show a few houses and write a contract. But it's a numbers game. The brokers, they get the rookies in. They let them get a few deals under their belt. All the while, during that training period, who knows, you might have been that client or you could end up being that client that was being trained while you were working with them. Or heck, working with you was actually helping them learn how to do their job. Maybe the broker should be paying you for training their new agents. Okay, since the bar is so low, that means a lot of people do this part-time. The average realtor does about four deals a year. That's it. Part-timers, why are there so many of them? 
Well, because in my area or in other expensive areas around the country, if you do three deals in a year, then you can make more money than the teachers, the cops, and the firemen in the same city. So think about that, folks. Are you happy to know that you're getting passed off to a rookie or a part-timer? Don't be fooled by the big name. Ask him, hey, Mr. Big Time, Big Bafo, are you going to get in the car with me to show me homes? Are you going to be the one negotiating my deal? The scary thing is that the way they treat it, nobody acts like you're worthy of their business or nobody acts like you're worthy of their business or you know what I mean. I guess the easiest way to say it is that you're a stepping stone for someone else to learn how to be a realtor. It's like you went to the beauty academy for a haircut. You know, you get those free haircuts when you go to the beauty academy, you just let them do it because what the heck, who cares? It's going to grow back. (laughs) Well, your money it's not going to grow back. I know it might feel like the whole industry is against you listening to this wonderfully uplifting podcast. But the reason is it's because they haven't been trained and they are stuck in this old system where they don't talk directly to you and they don't think that they want to attract you. No one has explained this to you. You have so much power. You are hiring the realtor. You should feel like you're being treated like a $10 million client. This is a huge financial move for you. You should feel like you've got a champion. Like you've got someone there in your corner. Like you've got a general leading you into battle. Today, there's a whole generation of buyers that have had the entire world, all the information you could ever think of right there in their pocket and their cell phone. Heck, for most of you, it's in your hands most of the time that I see you guys, but you've got it right there for most of your adult life. So don't get sucked into the hype of an area agent. You've got the information, look it up, see where they work, see what they do. Remember, a lot of times you're the guinea pigs for the new agents. They should pay you for training clueless Christopher or Carly. That new agents walk through maybe a dozen homes. They don't know the builders in the area, the different school districts or know how to write the closing cost credit so the lender won't refuse it or know the difference between an FHA appraisal and the conventional appraisal or how to write a request for repairs after a physical home inspection. Wait a minute, you've never heard of any of that stuff? (gasps) What's super scary is neither has your rookie agent. Look, I know I sound like I'm being a jerk, but I'm just bummed out because the industry's not speaking to you. This battle of the internet and how things were going to go, it snuck up on them. The real estate industry wasn't ready for it and they lost the battle. And they still think that you're going to show up on their door. They think they can reach you if they want, but they don't want to. And I don't understand why, because I'm here. I'm like I said before, I'm here. I'm in your ears. I don't know why. Maybe some of them are greedy. Maybe some are lazy. Unfortunately, they're just trying to feed their families and they're doing what the industry tells them. And everybody says, go get the sellers. The buyers will come. Don't waste your time on the first time home buyers. That's for the people to train and learn. That is not how you run a business. I think that sucks. And the internet's changing all this because I'm telling you right now about my little corner of the world, but we can start telling everyone, let the revolution begin. For now, I don't have a network of great realtors nationwide. I've met quite a few in my years, seminars all over the country. So I've got some great folks I know that most of you out there are not in Southern California, but look, hey, I've only been at this three weeks. 
really getting the word out to people. But starting now, just three weeks already, talking to other first-time buyers who have heard some of my podcasts, I've already sent three folks to great realtors in other parts of the country. So if you're past the planning stage and you're ready to go, then go ahead, hit me up. I'll see what I can do. I've been doing this a long time. Like I said, I know a lot of good folks out there. I even got some great folks in Canada. Or if you want to wait, you know, about a week, the next podcast that I'm going to be doing is we're going to get back to the series, How in the How to Buy a Home podcast. It's going to be jam-packed with crucial information that's going to help you tremendously. The topic of that is going to be how to interview and pick the right agent. Serious stuff. Once again, I'm going to give you all the inside things that you should be asking your agent. Someone who's got your best interest at heart. And you know what? You never know. You might find a top agent who decides, I haven't been doing this. I should do this again. Someone that is really thinking about you, cares about you, and has the professional expertise that you need and, frankly, that you deserve. But hey, before that, you know, and if you're still in the planning phase, you've got questions, go ahead, hit me up on Twitter, hit me up on Instagram. Those are both at David Sedoni. I'm telling you, I'm a one-man little crusade. Send me your questions. I'll answer them. There's also a How to Buy a Home Facebook group. You can just look up How to Buy a Home on Facebook. You can DM me or message me. Or you can always go to my website, davidsedoni.com. That's where you're going to find all the information. And you can shoot me an email. I'm going to do a whole podcast later on if you ask me some questions, whether you tweet them to me or Instagram them. I'm going to do a whole podcast where all I do is answer all of your questions. And the last thing, of course, is, you know, if you learned anything today, if you enjoyed sitting here with me in my kitchen in the middle of the night, then do me a favor and please write a review. Not because I'm a narcissist, but because the more folks that write reviews, then the better we do on iTunes and the bigger chance that more people are going to hear this podcast. And it really is a labor of love for me. It's a passion project. I want people to listen to these podcasts. This one was a little bit different, but, you know, they can go back and listen to the credit. I know a lot of you got a lot out of that one. So write me a review. Don't just hit the stars, write a review. You know, we can help people find this podcast. It's a diamond in the rough. I know that this podcast is seasonal. And by that, I mean like for seasonal times in your life. Not everybody's going to be where you are right now. But last year, that season, that was over a million first-time homebuyers in the United States. And that's just the folks who actually closed on a deal last year. That's not counting the one or the two or the three-year-out people. That could have been two or three million people. So we need to get the word out. We need to share to them, especially all the people that might be one of the million more first-time buyers that buy their first house this year. So let's get the information out and make sure that everyone's protected. Come on, gang. Let's start a revolution. Share this with your friends. I know you've got someone in this season. Tell it to the world. Thanks for listening, gang. I'll talk to you again soon.